Today is November 1st, 2023. This is the Blockchain Journal podcast. I'm your host and the editor-in-chief of Blockchain Journal, David Berlin. Blockchain Journal's mission is to help global brands and other enterprises to understand how it is that blockchain can make them more competitive in their industries and improve business outcomes. We provide a lot of technical and business information as well as research to organizations around the world. And in so doing, we often look at what other enterprises and global brands are doing in, in the way of adopting blockchain so that different organizations can learn from those, those implementations. One of those companies that just recently announced that it will be accepting cryptocurrency as a form of payment is a very well-known global sports car brand, Ferrari. Now, Ferrari is no stranger to cryptocurrency. Back in December of 2021, it also announced that it would be putting out NFTs with the help of some partners. So it's been around the blockchain world a little bit, but it wasn't until recently that they announced they would be accepting cryptocurrency as a form of payment. And joining me to discuss this announcement is Mark Venables. He is the founder of The Crypto Merchant. Mark, thanks very much for joining me on the Blockchain Journal Pleasure. podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, let, let's talk about a little bit about what The Crypto Merchant is so we understand what perspective it is you bring to this announcement. What does The Crypto Merchant do? So The Crypto Merchant, we specialize in uh, cold wallets or hard wallets, so self-custody devices, um, to secure your digital assets. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're relatively simple, or at least they can be. And we've we've been doing that for about three years, but it is really to, it's, it's all about security, common sense and security. Um, okay, you mentioned uh, two terms that maybe not all of our audience members are familiar with, so let's talk a little bit about that first. What is a cold wallet? And then we'll talk, after that, we'll talk about what is self-custody. Okay, sure. So a cold wallet, or sometimes referred to as a hard wallet, is a physical device. It's um, it's hardware, and it enables you to take your crypto or digital asset off of the exchanges like Coinbase or FTX that you know got in trouble, as we know, um, and, mm -hmm. to, and, and that basically leads on to you then have custody of it. So you're the bank. Um, now, mm -hmm. technically... To be fair, technically, you're not transferring cryptocurrency. It's keys to allow you to essentially locate your assets on the blockchain. So, right, it is. It is. It's still in the blockchain, but it's. I mean, it's virtually impossible to to search <laughs> without these keys or the seed phrase. You can take this device and you can put it in your safe um, under your bed, if you like. But you are now the bank, and um, that, that's not to say that you lose this cold wallet, you lose your assets. Uh, that may have been true years ago, but nowadays there's, there's there's a lot of things you can do to safeguard against that as well. And I'm sure that a lot of members of our audience who are interested in that or may be doing that, if you're an expert in this area of hard and co or cold wallets, uh, they might want to know what's the wallet or the hard wallet that you have in your pocket right now. Uh, I actually have several different ones. So mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, and people sometimes do this for different exchanges or they do it for different currencies. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually do have a Securex uh, that I mm -hmm. use quite frequently. Um, also, a, um, 
there's one called an IM card because it's very it's very small and it's e- it's just easy to carry around. It's easy to use. And there's a number of other ones. You have the the you know the top sellers, which is uh, Ledger and Trezor. I do have mm-hmm. I do use Trezor quite frequently as well. But then there's a lot of emerging um, products from all over the world, and, and they're all very good. Uh, at least the ones we the ones we stock are all, all very good. We make sure that they go to our tech support and they're checked out. The quality of them are good and, and safe, of course, the security. Okay, so you're a practitioner. You're somebody who uh, self-custodies, so to say, your cryptocurrency. Yep. And, uh, and you're familiar with the idea of using cryptocurrency to pay for services and goods, no doubt. What we have today is uh, Ferrari making this announcement that they are going to accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment. Now, in our research at Blockchain Journal, we find that the number one use case for blockchain right now among enterprises and, and global brands like Ferrari uh, happens to be NFTs to improve customer loyalty, customer engagement, fan engagement, and that accepting payments, uh, cryptocurrency payments, that is, uh, is a sort of a distant second uh, so let's talk a little bit about why it is, what their motivations would be for accepting cryptocurrency versus just taking fiat. I think now, um, you know, they've chosen uh, this time to go ahead with that because, in my opinion, you know, Bitcoin is going up. Um, and as we come into next year and the halving and, of course, the presidential election here in the US, that it's most people's opinion that, crypto, uh, or at least Bitcoin, uh, will continue to bull run. So I think if it well, was... Right, right now, we're, we're in a bit of a crypto winter, right? It's not bull running it, at the it moment. Has been, but it, no, no, yeah. not quite yet. And, the, and the, you know, a lot of people think 2024 or mm-hmm. even 25. But, you know, we've seen a, a good increase recently. And I think if you know, their analysts told them that Bitcoin was going to go the other way, that they probably wouldn't be so keen to um, accept crypto as a, as a payment, but I think ultimately the you know or the dealers and ultimately Ferrari will then, will receive payment in traditional fiat because they're they're not going to have anything to do with um, managing cryptocurrencies. Uh, so, okay, so so this is I think what you're getting at maybe is is that. Ferrari itself isn't going to hold any cryptocurrency on its own books, and in in many in many ways, this is something that other enterprises and global brands should think about. Is just because you accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment for whatever it is you're selling, doesn't necessarily mean you have to hold that cryptocurrency and perhaps suffer the consequences of market volatility. Is that right? Absolutely, because we all know how volatile the market is uh, with crypto. Mm-hmm. So. They've basically um, having CoinDesk manage that. How does CoinDesk play a role in allowing them to manage that? My understanding, by the way, is that they are doing what a lot of other companies that decide to accept cryptocurrency payment do, which is they're using BitPay as sort of the... Yep. Uh, the Processor. The processor, so that essentially yeah. what happens, if I'm not mistaken, is... You pay with cryptocurrency, but actually BitPay is processing that payment and 
Ferrari just takes the uh, payment in the form of fiat from BitPay. Is that not the case? I, I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not absolutely certain, uh, much like everything. Uh, but <laughs> so, and I'm not sure how they're going to work. I don't know if anyone's actually paid them yet in Bitcoin, but I, I can imagine that they will be paid and it will be, you know, the, the exchange rate at that time as to how much Bitcoin you pay. And and yeah, and I, and I think um, it goes through BitPay to be processed. And I think Coindesk, if that's who they end up using, will just sell straight away. You know, because they, to avoid to avoid the exchange rate uh, volatility. So Coindesk in, is an exchange, just so we so everybody understands. There, that's so, the exchange. Yeah. Where, so, where sort of like the payment would pass through, and if it was to be exchanged for fiat, it might happen there. Yeah, I think it gets a bit com- complex with um, process. You know, for the people to process it and then the, where it goes mm-hmm. after that. Um, so, but that's that's my understanding. Um, okay. That, you know, they're, they're going to get they're going to get fit. They're not going to take the chance. I don't think. Right. So the bottom line is, Ferrari itself probably doesn't want to be subject again to the consequences of market volatility when it comes to the changing value of something like Bitcoin relative to the US dollar or to any other fiat currency and it, you know, well, I mean, they're, they're well, an Italian car manufacturer. So, right. you know, they might, so maybe in, a, in Italy you pay with Bitcoin, but it gets, uh, uh, you know, turned into euros Euro. or something like that. So what are the motivations? Let's just go back to that. Why would Ferrari want to do this? What, and if you look across other companies, global brands that have decided to make this move, particularly if they're using BitPay and they're still, at the end of the day, they're just putting fiat currency into their bank account. Why, what's the motivation here? Is is it expand the market? Is there, are consumers clamoring for this capability? Why would Ferrari do this? Well, I think the first thing that springs to mind is, is the convenience. So if I ordered a Ferrari from the factory in Italy, straight away, I can, if I'm paid in Bitcoin, I can get the rate and I can pay them and within 30 minutes mm-hmm. they have the payment. Um, in addition to that, if the exchange rate is 105 euros to $1 that you would perhaps see on Yahoo Finance or Google, that's the exchange rate that you're going to be paid. You're not you know, a bank, for instance, if you went through a bank, they have their margin. So, so you know, they're going to buy and sell higher or lower because they, they've got to make money from it. Well, with it being decentralized, you're going to get the absolute exchange rate, if you like. So you're going to get the 105. I see. I, so let me just kind of back through that, you know, unpack that a little bit. What you're saying is, is like if I'm an American consumer buying a Ferrari, um, I might be subject the transaction might be subject first to the exchange rate, and, and Ferrari wants to take collection and put it in its own bank account. Uh, Ferrari is going to look at this and say, okay, we're going to have to deal with the exchange rate from USD to Euro. Yeah. And if they're allowing for payment in cryptocurrency, uh, then you don't have to worry about that exchange rate. And number one, it just goes straight from Bitcoin to Euro. And number two, you also uh, get the performance of a cryptocurrency payment which is typically in minutes versus 
taking Thais some number and, of days yeah. for an international uh, yeah, and, you know, cross border of, payment to complete. Exactly, and, and, and the number of questions and you're going to probably if if you bought something particularly expensive a million dollar Ferrari, which certainly isn't unheard of, your uh, payment difference could be fifty thousand dollars. So if you went through uh, if you went through a, a regular high street type bank, it's going to be higher. But even if you had a currency manager, they're still going to they, even a few cents that they make on each dollar can amount to an awful lot of money. So the fact that you could do it in thirty minutes or less, and it costs you four dollars or eight dollars or something along those lines instead of the fifty thousand, um, then then I. I imagine that's the that's that's the first benefit that springs to mind, and and anyone anywhere in the world can order direct from the factory from the dealer of their choice. Is that a benefit? I just want to be clear: is that a benefit to Ferrari, or is that a, a financial benefit that is to Ferrari, or is it a financial benefit to the buyer of the car? I think again, it gets a little complicated, but I think it's a financial benefit to the buyer because if uh, if Ferrari for instance say here we have this F30 and we want a million dollars um, or a million euros then all you, all you have to do then is basically use the euro to bitcoin exchange rate mm-hmm. you're not having to use the euro to dollar exchange rate although you because you've got bitcoin in, in on an exchange or hopefully on a hard wallet um, so I think it's a it's a pretty big incentive for so, the buyer. So the consumer in order to meet the obligation to Ferrari has to make has to pay Ferrari at the end of the day in a certain number of euros uh, and if they're not paying in US dollars then the net price to them nets out to be about $50,000 less or something. That's what you're pointing out. Yeah, actually, it, it, yeah. it could be it mm-hmm. It could be more, it could be less, but it, it's a significant amount when you're, yeah. Um, you know, if I was to change a million dollars today, I think it's 105. Um, the bank certainly isn't going to give it to me at 105. Um, right. They might give me what say one to one. So instead of 900,000, it's going to cost me a million. Um, this is one of those reasons that I always say that, that in order to understand blockchain, you not only need a, a degree in computer science, but also in international finance, because there's a lot going on here: exchange rates, cross-border payments. Uh, yep. Yeah, and, taxes. and that's yeah. The, and the, yeah, the taxes. That's always been a gray area because uh, people don't know how to regulate it. If I if I bought Bitcoin at fourteen thousand, and it's now worth thirty five, and I pay for a Ferrari. Should it, am I going to be, you know, am I going to be expected to pay tax on the, you know, the money, the difference of what I've made because you have made money? I couldn't afford a Ferrari when it was fourteen thousand, but now it's thirty-five thousand. I can, um, and I, right, and I think that's, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the things that only global regulation and with the, with with everyone, um, basically, um, you know, get together and. Uh, Agreeing on everything, which mm-hmm. sounds impossible. Um, you know, if we can't get one country to agree, how are you going to get hundreds of countries to agree? Yeah, and that, that that's an interesting issue for many enterprises to consider, which is that 
What are the regulations in the jurisdictions that you operate? None of the, there's no global international regulation here, and the regulations differ from one geography to the next. In some cases, Absolutely. there's a little more. There's a little more regulatory certainty. Uh, for example, there's more regulatory certainty in Europe than there is in the U.S. And there's within Europe, there's more regulatory certainty in certain countries like Germany and Switzerland than there is in the rest of Europe. So. These are things that every enterprise and global brand um, have to consider in order uh, before they just go dive into the world of blockchain and, and cryptocurrency. Well, yeah, I mean, you need safe havens. So, so big enterprises, multinationals, they know that if they do this and this, that they're that they're safe, that they follow mm -hmm. the rules. Because right now there isn't that sort of safe haven type situation where it's very clear that if you follow these rules here, then you're safe because they just don't exist. So everyone has to spend an awful lot of time and money on trying to, you know, trying to um, comply with regulations in the US or are we complying with regulations in the UK because where is the Bitcoin? It's, it's everywhere. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, is it who you're paying or is it where it's coming from? It's just... It's certainly not something I um I plan to. Uh, I mean, I do my best, but it's just not one of my um, fortes. So I will just follow the crowd to a degree when it comes to that and try and <laughs> just try and stay safe. Well, so, I, I, in general, I think that in the world of blockchain, a lot of areas or corners or niches of of the whole industry end up not being somebody's forte, even though they have a forte in another niche. It's just that complicated uh, when Absolutely. you think about the labyrinth of things to, to consider. Uh, among people who are holding cryptocurrency, you're familiar with them because they are your customers. How many of them really want to buy something like a Ferrari with cryptocurrency? And I, and I don't mean how many of them want to buy a Ferrari, although I do know that several people who've made it big on cryptocurrency went out and bought a Ferrari, but how many of these people actually want to pay their merchants, their ultimate merchants, whether it's Ferrari or Ralph Lauren or whoever it is they're buying their goods and services from with cryptocurrency versus fiat currency? Is there a big demand for that? I, I think there is, and I think it's just going to continue to grow. I know it's mm -hmm. very, it's for me, it's simple for me to pay my suppliers in crypto mm -hmm. um and to have and to have the goods delivered I, we've had occasion where i've wired fiat to someone in singapore or hong kong and they build steel plates um, but they have crypto in the name and the intermediary bank has refused to send the wire on because their policy is to have nothing to do with cryptocurrency and soon as my company is called the crypto merchant and the Mm -hmm. manufacturer was called crypto something they refused to send the money so oh they took they see the names of the organizations and they're like no we don't want any part of this that's right it's their policy and we have it in the uk as well even mm -hmm. me paying a private individual for um certain things because it was crypto related they they said no i mean the overreach is is astounding in some cases mm -hmm. uh, you can't you can't wire money from um many UK banks or US banks I mean, to, to Coinbase to invest because and it's under the guise of there's a lot of fraud with crypto, which again, mm -hmm. simply isn't 
the case. Um, but it's really because, you know, in my opinion, it's because you know, they haven't managed to monetize that. But that caused huge issue because it took like nine or 11 weeks to get my money back. And in the meantime, I'm having to find another way to pay these guys. And crypto just would have, it just would have been done. And then they can choose whether they want to hold that crypto um, and potentially actually make money out of it, or if they just want to change it to whatever their currency is and pay their suppliers. Um, yeah. So, one of the you know, problems, for that reason. One of the problems with enterprises and global brands holding crypto is that the back office technologies to keep track of that in a way they keep track of fiat currencies is just not there yet. Uh, there's some solutions on the market that there are, have, yeah. have come out, but in general, the, the, the systems, the back office systems are just not nearly as mature uh, on, the, on the cryptocurrency front as they are on the fiat currency front, dealing with everything from uh, changing values relative to some other fiat currency like the U.S. dollar or also the tax implica implications, particularly with shifting regulatory regulations and and tax structures so that that's a tough one for enterprises to to do is chief financial officers in general are going you know they're going to bristle at the idea of holding cryptocurrency especially given yeah, the volatility they've seen in the market i mean even on a very small scale such as myself my my cpa is scratching his head and you know looking <laughs> for advice and that sort of thing when it comes to the end of the year because again I've been paid for products in crypto and I've paid for inventory in crypto. And right. that, that's one thing. That's just one facet of the, well, how long did you hold it for? Because if you only held it for um, less than, if you held it for a couple of months, um, we got to tax you at 38%. But if you held it over a year, then we tax you at 18%, you know, as an investment sure. vehicle. But I'm not, I don't have it as an investment vehicle, but that's how it, is perceived again i'm not of course it's, <laughs> of course with, uh... we, we, you know we talk about relative value it's not necessarily relative value to another fiat currency although you could use the fiat currency value as a uh, as part of the calculation but if you are buying steel plates from hong kong and you are able to buy more steel plates with your cryptocurrency which which essentially grew in value from the time that you acquired that cryptocurrency, then you're essentially getting more value or better exchange rate on uh, on that cryptocurrency. And uh, a tax accountant will obviously want to reflect that gain in value in your books so that you don't end up with the IRS or some other tax organization Absolutely. knocking on your door. Yeah. Yeah, so so it does point. get it does get complex, and mm -hmm. I think people don't think you have to think of Ethereum or Bitcoin as a, another currency. I, when I was relatively new um, to the crypto space, I had someone do a project for me for two Ethereum, um, mm -hmm. and um, it went up quite a lot within this month. And so I said, well, you know, can I pay you one and a half? It's worth a lot more now, but. The deal was for two Ethereum, like it, if it was, if it was for if it was for two thousand euros, and the exchange rate changed, would I think to right. say that? You probably wouldn't. Um, yeah, but it, I mean, you may do if it was on a million sort of 
on a scale. But in that case, you're not going to, you know, that was the deal. And so you have to sort of, you have to sometimes think about it as just a, it's just another currency because yeah, I mean, it's after a, it's all. Just another, it's another good reason that Ferrari or any other enterprise is going to want to basically convert whatever the cryptocurrency payment is into fiat as soon as possible to essentially avoid all of the tax complications that come with holding it. I mean, even if the value of the cryptocurrency goes down, that's another tax calculation because you get to take, yeah, I mean, you get to loss. write that off or something like that, right? Yeah, and it depends on the on the on how the country treats the crypto because some treat it as, a, as a, a an asset, an investment vehicle, and mm-hmm. others don't. I know there's certain conditions within the UK, for instance, if you're day trading crypto, they, they consider that as like gambling and therefore it's not, not taxed. Right. But there is a certain, you know, just to, again, I'm not a tax accountant, so I'm, I'm giving no advice, but you have to be set up in a certain way to take advantage of that. Um, do you know among your customers what they're buying? Like what, 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 what do you see them paying for i mean i know you can't really see that quite but but maybe you know from just talking to your customers what they're buying with their cryptocurrency uh that's a and that's a fair question i don't think they are really buying much at all other than uh on, on the smaller scale of course they can buy my products mm-hmm. from cryptocurrency and, and there's certain others if, if they're if it says it on the website mm-hmm that they're buying from them <clears throat> perhaps they will use cryptocurrency um right have you ever comes... what's what's the most expensive thing that you've purchased with cryptocurrency for personal use um uh, a watch okay uh, uh frank muller did a bitcoin watch uh which ah, okay uh, so it acts as a, it, it acts as a cold wallet and, and the watch and um Oh, that's cool. A, a watch a, and a cold wallet. You don't want to lose that is, watch. You don't, no. Because you put one Bitcoin on it and it's now three times to the value. <laughs> yeah. But I, it, it's more, the reason I bought it is more as in the future, I can see it as a collectible. Uh, it's not particularly, yes. it, 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 it's essentially a single use cold wallet, if you like. So mm-hmm. it's more the, you know, the, it's more the conversational piece, the you know, the, the potential for it to be quite unique in, in years to come. And and for they sure, do I totally price. I totally get it because we're in this industry. Sometimes I'll I'll buy into some NFT or something like that with my own money just to get the full end to end customer experience that the global brand is offering around those NFTs, for example. That's, that's right. What Adidas I mean, is done or Starbucks or somebody like that. Yeah. And Ferrari isn't the first um auto maker no, I know it's a little yeah. it's a little um oh, of course you have tesla but uh there's a uh, a new company that's, that's remaking the delorean and uh they issue an nft you pay with crypto to get your production spot um it's little known and whether it actually um uh, comes to fruition we'll we'll see um right but it's, well i uh, often say i often say that uh, because people are surprised, we we're, we do a lot of research. We look, we we gather a lot of data at Blockchain Journal, and I tell people that it's harder to find a car manufacturer that isn't doing something with blockchain than it is to find one that's doing something with blockchain. It turns out most of the major car manufacturers out there are doing something. 
the Japanese car manufacturers, the American car manufacturers, and other ones like Ferrari, all doing something. And so they're all dabbling in, in this in, in one way or another, some more experimental than others. You mentioned Tesla. Tesla's kind of flipped back and forth, right? They yeah. started yeah. off, they, they accepted cryptocurrency, then they stopped accepting it. It's hard to tell exactly where Elon Musk lies in, you know, when it comes to blockchain and cryptocurrency. Is he a fan or is he just sort of a rainmaker for his own personal gain? It's hard to tell. But yeah, uh, yes. that's, a, that's yeah, a fact. We, clearly, we're in this area of uncertainty where it's not an experimentation, where it's not very clear exactly where all these different uh, car manufacturers are going to end up when it comes to blockchain well, I, and, and I cryptocurrency. Think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think they're dipping their toe in because they see that it has a future. They're just not sure how they're going to make best use of it. Best use of it. But they should dip their toe in now so that they keep up with the uh, uh, with the development of the currencies and the blockchain and, and Web3 and this sort of thing. So I think they need to have a presence, but they're just not sure what to do with it yet. It's, you know, it's one of them sort of things. Uh, but it, it, well, I, I'm sure it'd become clearer. Mark Venables, you're the founder of... Uh, the Crypto Merchant. Thank you very much for your insights. For those people who are watching this and want to check you out, where can they find the Crypto Merchant and the they can find wallets it, that you make They can make find us at the, the CryptoMerchant.com here in the US mm -hmm. or the CryptoMerchantSA.com for South America. And Terrific. Uh, and and we'll, soon others. And we're on Twitter and LinkedIn or, or maybe Twitter. X, I should call it. So X. Yeah, we, we're the crypto merchant on Instagram and and um, X, and um, there's you know the, the usual Facebook page, crypto merchant, whichever okay, we keep well, the same handle. Mr. Venables, thank you very much for your insights today, and thank you for joining us on the Blockchain Journal podcast. Thanks, David. It's been a pleasure. You've been watching the Blockchain Journal podcast. I'm David Berlin. I'm the host of the podcast and the editor-in-chief of Blockchain Journal. We certainly hope you liked this video. If you did... Give us a like, like or subscribe. The more you do that, the more you support us. We, we don't collect money from anybody. We just look for more audience members to come and view our great content. And if you have suggestions for us, it's we're easy to find. You can write to me directly at david.berlin at blockchainjournal.com. Thanks very much for joining us.